want us to look at the book of Luke chapter 1. Uh, Luke himself was a physician. He was a, a, a doctor. And because he was a doctor, he would uh, write a certain way detailing many things. Uh, some stories in the book of Luke um, was, were not even spoken about in other gospels. Also, Luke was a traveler with the Apostle Paul. He helped write the book of, book of Acts. So we have a lot of things that were very detailed in the book of Acts and how uh, the beginning um, of the church began. But look at Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 17. And if you can read with me, <clears throat> it should be on the board there uh, or on the screen. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife is of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Mm. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. This is the new King James, but in the old King James, the Bible says that she was stricken with age. Okay, so it was that while she was serving or while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of people was praying outside at the hour of incense. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And when you... And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall, bring, and, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit of a power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the father to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of just to make ready a people prepare for the Lord. I want to talk to you today on the subject of it's not too late. Or we would say it, it's never too late. Hello, are you awake today? Is the lights too, too dim? Maybe raise the lights up a little bit, wake you all up. There's coffee in the back if you need it. But I want you to look at your neighbor and say, it's not too late. <clears throat> it's not too late. Heavenly Father, we ask that your word will leap off the pages and become rhema this afternoon. Touch us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Open up our minds that we may understand, our ears that we may hear, our hearts we may receive. Bless your word in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 
You know, in the book of Ephesians 5, verse 25 and 27, it says, Husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her the washing of water by the word, that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle in any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Here, the Apostle Paul compares the church to a woman. And here in the book of uh, Ephesians, we realize that uh, women, uh, are when they are betrothed or when they are married, the greatest aspect of a woman is for her to bear children. And, and to bear children was something that was looked upon uh, as a great thing. Uh, it, you know, today there are many women that do not have children, uh, and, and it's not looked down as much as it was in the Bible times, especially in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And here we see in Luke chapter 1, uh, this woman named Elizabeth. The Bible says that her name, she was not just of anybody, she was a woman that was the lineage of Aaron. You know, Aaron, the brother of Moses. You know, Aaron, the one that, uh, uh, that had a, a staff uh, and that it, uh, his wooden staff that was dead, it actually uh, uh, blossomed and bore fruit. You know, that the same Aaron, the one uh, that uh, made the golden calf, the, the one that God chose, Jehovah chose to be the mouthpiece of Moses, his brother. This was Aaron who from his loins, his lineage became what we call the Levitical priesthood. Uh, she was just not just anybody, but the Bible says that she was so good and so faithful that the Bible says that between her and her husband, there was nothing to talk bad about. Oh, how many people here would love to live a life where there is nothing talking bad about you? Wow, the Bible says that they were both, they kept the commandments and the ordinance of the Lord, and in that, they were blameless. Oh, how would you love to live the Lord and say that everything you've done in your life, and that people say, man, when it comes to the things of God, they live the righteous, holy life. But yet, even in that, uh, that she had a perfect covenant. She wasn't married to just anybody. She wasn't married just to Joe Schmo, anybody that was off the street. But she married a man named Zacharias who himself came from a line of priests. And you think that you ever seen, you know, I've done quite a few weddings and, 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 you know, I've been in many weddings and there are people that come together. And when you look at that young man and that young woman, you're like, oh, they were um, a match made in heaven. You ever hear that term? Oh, they all, oh, they, they got it all. They got the lineage. They got the name. They come from good stock. You know, um, it's, it's funny. I hear uh, this story uh, of a man that was looking for a woman uh, to marry his son. And he had a, and this is an old time. And so in the old time, they would barter certain things. And certain things were very hard to get a hold of, especially good fruit. And the, the story goes like this, that he had a cart full of beautiful apples. And, and if you know anything about living in villages in old time, finding a nice apple or a nice piece of fruit was a rarity. That's a treat. So he went through the village in this cart with these apples. And he would yell out and he says, I will give one apple to any young lady that's single 
that would bring me all of the dirt of their home, the more the better. And so the story goes, all the ladies of the, the villages, the single female ladies would come out. Some would come out with a bushel full of dirt and, 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 and dust of their home. And they would give it to him. And he was happy. He was like, thank you so much. And he would give her this beautiful apple. And the next one and the next female would come with a bag full. And others would come with a box full. And others would come. And this one single young lady came and she said, sir, I only have a pinch. Would that be enough for me to get an apple? And he goes, yes. And he goes home and he says, son, I, I found you the wife that you should marry. And he says, Daddy, how did you do that? He said, I found the young lady that when I gave, I, I yelled out and said, you get an apple if you bring a bushel or, or all the dirt of your house. And this young lady only gave me a pinch. That represents that he was looking for a, a young lady that would knew how to take care of her home. And that would do the right things. This was Elizabeth. She, she was a righteous woman. But there was a problem with her is that she was barren. And anytime people become barren and that you have been faithful, it is difficult that here she is barren and she's, she was a righteous person. She came from the right stock. Brother and sister, I can tell you right now, you, you can do all the right things and you can say all the right things and, and you can live the right way and you can be married into the right and you can be in the right church, but there are some things in our life that cannot be birthed and sometimes we go through years and we wonder why it doesn't happen. But we see this story uh, go on, and her husband was faithful, and he would go. And if you learn anything about the tabernacle, which I taught in discipleship, here he is, he's standing before the altar of incense. That word altar of incense represents the prayers of the saints. And as he was uh, doing the incense and praying, it represents that he, the prayer of all the years that he's been part of, going up to the Lord, and people are praying. Brothers and sisters, it's never too late for you to get a blessing because the Bible says that with God, nothing is impossible. See, oftentimes we see uh, this story and we're like, God, it works in miracles, but we cannot apply to our life because we think that that only happens in the Old Testament or the New Testament or they only happens in Bible days. And that sometimes that our life is passing before us and we are advancing years. But I want to compare this woman to the church. You ready? Oftentimes you go to the church and you say, Pastor, I've done everything. And, and, and you know, people come to me and say, Pastor, you've been a pastor. And, and their years have gone by. And, and, but the church, uh, where is the birthing of the children? You see, oftentimes we have ministry and we don't see uh, our life uh, being fruitful and we don't see uh, uh, that all the things matter. I want to tell you a story. This week I had lunch with a friend of mine. On Wednesday, he, I've known him uh, since we were in our early 20s, and we were both in college. And uh, ever since, and we've done a lot of things, and, 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 and uh, I've known him, but he was raised as a Buddhist. And I've always shared with him about the things of God. And you have to understand, I was in my early 20s, and I began to pray for him 
since then. Since longer than I've been knew my wife, longer than I've been married, and even when my, my wife and I have been married, she knows who he is, and I've been praying for him. I remember, uh, uh, he, you know, being a non-believer, he, he has certain languages that are very colorful. He likes to use four-letter words often. And I, every time we would golf together, when he's around me, he knew that if he uses bad language, he's going to have a long day on the golf course. And so I've been praying for him, praying for him. A couple years back, I heard he started going to church. And I was like, man, are you, I'm so happy you're going to church. He goes, no, I'm just taking my kids and my wife, but, you know, I don't believe in all that. I'm praying for you. He goes, well, thank you, but I am raised this way and I will always be. Well, last week he called me and he said, man, I was doing devotion this morning. What? (laughs) I was doing devotion this morning and your name came up. How are you, my friend? And I said, wait, 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 let's slow down. I'm doing great, but let's, wait, what are you doing? He said, I'm doing devotion. I said, have you become a believer? He goes, yes, I gave my life. And I haven't spoken to him in a couple years. He goes, I gave my life to the Lord one year ago. It's never too late. Brother and sister, it's not too late that I, you know, and I was having kind of a, one of those weeks where I said, Lord, do what I do really matter? But it's not too late. It's never too late that one day it's taken me uh, this long to see my friend come to Christ over 25 plus years of praying. Think about it, y'all. I know I'm only 26 looking, but, (laughs) but don't ever think that your life does not matter. Here is Elizabeth and her husband, and yet even in their years have passed, people say there must be something wrong with you. I, you know, there could be something wrong. How, if, if God really called you, if God really have blessed your life, then you should be fruitful. But brothers and sisters, just like my friend, I say, God, how long will it take to see my friend come to Christ? Well, it's taken 25 plus years. It's taken that long. See, sometimes we, we, we think that uh, uh, things happen overnight, and things can. But there are times in our life that things uh, uh, take some longer. But the question we have to ask is, are we going to still keep God's commandments and ordinance and still be blameless in our life? See, I often deal with people and the, off the question is when people flip out. You ever hear people flip out? They could go to church and then people would say, man, I thought he really loved God. You ever hear that? People flip out. Yeah, you hear it all the time. Ooh, I really thought he loved God, man. How did he flip out like that? And so I tell people it is not about loving God that's the problem. See, most of us, uh, most people I know that are uh, believers in Christ or people that go to church, they love God. That's not the problem. You know, uh, the love of God is not the issue. It is the reverence or the fear of God that they lack. 
You see, uh, everybody said, I love God. But loving God and having reverential fear of God are two different things. And what the problem is, most people don't know, uh, is even though Elizabeth and her husband, Zacharias, were barren, and I could imagine in that time, people say, there's something wrong with you. You had to have sin in your life. That's why you don't have fruit. That's why you can't have children. There must be a curse in this covenant. Did y'all do something before you were married? No. And that's why we look at our church and where we come and become members, and I hear it, and I have to deal with it. And I say, God, uh, I've been faithful. Uh, I've got faithful people. I've got people that have been believing. They are righteous and blameless. We've done everything. Where is it? And people keep asking, Pastor, how come the church isn't growing? Why is it this or this? But what we can say is, my, like my friend, don't ever give up. Amen. Be faithful Amen. to the commandment and the ordinance. You never know who you can touch. Know that by your faithfulness of being consistent, you touch some people's lives. You know, I, I remember, and I, I share this uh, to encourage you, that your life, sometimes we, uh, what we do preaches louder than what we say. It's true. I remember a young lady came up to my wife and I and said, it's amazing, Pastor. You really encouraged me. I said, about what? He said, just seeing you take your kids to church and you live so far away at that time, every week, day in, year in, month in, week in. How do you do it? I said, it's because I want to be faithful to the Lord more than anyone else. See, because when you are faithful to the Lord, ladies, you, if you can pray and ask your husband, uh, ask the Lord to help your husbands to be faithful to him, don't worry, he'll be faithful to you. Yes, yes. See, oftentimes we, well, uh, women are afraid uh, because they want to uh, have their men love them, and that's true, and that's good. But what you ought to say is, God, make him fall in love more with you. Because the moment he falls more in love with you, he's going to fall more in love with me. And when he falls more in love with you, I won't have to worry about him loving me. See, it's not too late. It's not too late. And here, uh, as Zacharias uh, um, is, is standing there and he's praying and he's being consistent and he's loving and the angel came and says, it's your time. He said, about what? You know, have you ever gone through so many? It's funny, when my friend called me up and he said, uh, I've been doing devotion, I'm like, what? Devotion to what? You know, I mean, duh. You know, uh, Buddhists don't talk like that. You know, and he said, I did my devotion this morning. And I'm thinking, you know, it's been so long. You know, I, I, that he had called me out of the blue. And he said devotion. And I had to ask him, what are you doing devotion to? <laughs> he said, you know, I was reading my Bible. What? And it's just, I can imagine, just like Zacharias. He's like, wait a minute. Hold up. Time out. You know, my woman is old. I'm old. It's been a long time. We've been faithful. You're going to give me the answer now? And see, sometimes we are so used to going without. Sometimes we are so used to not having fruit come from our loins in the spirit or in the physical. And that when, when God suddenly shows up, well, we don't know how to handle it. And that's why Zacharias, the Bible says, uh, he had to mute him. Zacharias couldn't speak. 
for months is because there's often times in our life that we keep looking in the physical what God is doing in the spiritual. And because we cannot understand what God is doing, he had to mute Zacharias. Let me reason. You ever wonder why God had to shut his mouth? He didn't shut Joseph's mouth. Who became the earthly father to Jesus? The husband who was betrothed to Mary, he didn't shut his mouth, but he shut Zacharias' mouth. And the Bible says that he was mute for months, that everything he, mm, 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 mm. everything he, he had to write something. Mm. You want to eat? Yes. Could you imagine he became the greatest pointer of all? He wants that, he wants that. You know, one time we went to this uh, 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 dessert place, and this lady told me, or no, some friends said, hey, you want to go eat pointing dessert? I said, where's that? He goes, you know, you point whatever you want, because there's no name. Okay, we'll go. Well, this became Zacharias. The reason why God had to mute Zacharias is because as a priest, Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And so, brother and sister, because you and I are born-again believers, and we have power because we are children of God, because we are royal priesthood, when a royal person speaks, there is authority. And because he was the priest of Almighty God, if he didn't shut his mouth, he would have cursed what was... Wow. Oh, y'all ain't ready for me today. Because if he would have cursed what God had given to his barren womb. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, it's okay not to talk about it. Sometimes you can't explain why God's doing it. Sometimes God does something so crazy that you just can't explain it. I'm like, really? You old and you're going to be pregnant? Man, you old, how are you going to change diapers? You know, aren't you and your wife settled your ways? Aren't you in retirement? Aren't you this or aren't you that? It's not too late. One of the things that we realize out of this story is a representation of church. It represents you and me as priests, and sometimes we do things and we've been faithful and we don't see the fruit of it. You know, oftentimes I remember sitting in my driveway one, um, about 10 years ago, and I was just weeping before the Lord. And it was cold, you know, over 10 years. It was cold. And in Houston, you know, in February, it's cold, it's rainy, it's wet. I was driving home uh, from, from uh, 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 prayer, and I was just stood, uh, dr- sat in my car. I still had a SUV, uh, a Nissan that time. I sat in my car. I didn't even go in the house. And Lou was in the house. She, she, she didn't go with me. And it was cold. It was raining. I felt the loneliest I've ever felt. I sat in my driveway, and it was raining, and I was crying. I was crying outside, and I was crying inside. And I'm like, Lord, does the things that I do in this life matter? And all of lo and behold, my cell phone rings. And I look at this number. I say, like, who in the world would call me at 1030 at night? And I said, well, it must be somebody important or somebody needs. And I pick up, and there's a, a lady's voice I haven't heard in years. And what I realized, it was a lady that I had let, shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with many years ago. And see, and she had given her life to the Lord, and she was going through a divorce. She was abused. She was hurt, and she was going through another divorce. She'd been married three times. 
And the third marriage is falling apart again. And what we realized that during that time, she told me many years later, she said, uh, Brother, I didn't want to tell you, but during the time that you knew me, I, I, I had little kids and you brought me to the church and all that. I was actually a drug dealer. I was packing guns everywhere we were going. I said, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, and, and, and what we realized, she goes, but you, you brought me to church and you shared with me and you loved me and you didn't realize I was going through so much hell in my life. But today she's a born again believer and love the Lord. And what you see is it's not too late that God will give you the things that you have been dreaming about. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you, just like this woman who is a mother, wants to be a mother, she's done all the things, she's blameless. But you know what? God, it's never too late to start. It's never too late for God to bless you. You know, uh, I, you know, Pastor Jeremiah was asking me, Pastor, how was your week? And I, I've had a great week, a full week, ups and downs. You know, this week I was able uh, to go and attend one of my older brothers. I've got three older brothers and five sisters. And one of my older brother uh, uh, graduated uh, out of the seminary. And I was just amazed by it because I always thought he was the prodigal. Sorry, brother. You know, uh, when we were kids, you know, he's older. He's the one, be, uh, two before me. And when we were a kid, I used to ask my mom. I said, Mom, did you find him in the back alley? Because he's so different. But he stood there, and I was able to witness him uh, get his degree. Uh, and I wondered, and I said, wow, you know, here he's been working in the corporate world. He's in his early 50s, and now today he's finally decided, you know what, I'm going to take my talent and take my life and give it to the Lord. Amen. Brother and sister, it's not too late. It's not too late to change your life around. It's not too late for God to come in. It's not about the mistakes or uh, things of the past. It's not about your youth. But if God can make a woman that is old pregnant uh, and give forth one of the greatest prophets to ever walk the planet in the name of John the Baptist. John, you know, Baptist wasn't his last name. But John, okay, and he became, and not only was that, uh, his name, did, I mean, it meant something, but it didn't have any name that was related in their family. Brothers and sisters, God's about to do new things in your life. It's never and it's not too late. The first thing you, don't, you have to do is don't ever give up. Just don't give up. It's easy to give up. Don't give up. Tell yourself, I'm not giving up. Say it, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up on my dream. I'm not giving up on living for God. I'm not giving up on because my eyes are playing tricks on me. I'm not giving up. You can't give up. Because what, what you might be giving up. You see, it's easy because could you imagine this couple year in and year out? Could you imagine this couple teaching people about uh, uh, raising children and they had no children? Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine being the priest and people come and say, how do I raise my children in the ordinance of the Lord? And yet he had no practical experience. You know that, but it's okay. You know, how, how, how oftentimes a, a person, because, you know, I, I often hear this, is that you can't, you can't teach people something you haven't experienced. But yet that's saying it's like Jesus. How, uh, he's never committed adultery. He's never been a drug addict. He's never stole. He's never lied, but yet he still can teach. 
Brothers and sisters, stop making those things of your life because what you have to understand is the God that's in you is greater than the God of this world. And so forget the past. Don't use your past. Don't use it as a crutch. Don't use it as an excuse. Don't give up. Because if God can use people that are failing all through the Old Testament. You know, in the, book, in the book of Genesis chapter 38, there's a story about a man named Judah. Okay? Judah had three sons. Two of them died. Was married to a woman named Tamar. Okay, and she she was promised by him because the rule or the law of the day is if the oldest son died, the second eldest son would take her to wife and try to conceive. Well, both of them died before giving her an heir and it's because they, she had no rights to anything. So that he had a younger one that was not old enough. And he says, well, I want to protect this boy, send her away back home. And until he gets older, I'll give it to him. And he forgot on purpose because he didn't want his third son to die. So next thing you know, his wife died. And Tamar had to take it in her hand. And she, she disguised herself as a prostitute. And he went and laid with her and made her pregnant. Okay? Now look at this. And then when he found out, he wanted to kill her. But what he realizes, it was his daughter-in-law that he, in a mistake, had sexual relation with. And the Bible says she carried twins. She carried twins. And this is the same lineage that King Jesus came out of was the lineage of Judah. Oh, brother, your past will never dictate your future. Because if God can come through a line of Judah who committed uh, 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 fornication with his daughter-in-law, and she threw him, she, gave, she, she had twins to replace the two boys that he lost. Y'all, you don't hear me. I'm preaching really good, y'all. <laughs> and yet, through that lineage of Judah is where King Jesus came from. Don't ever give up. Don't forget the past. I deal with people all the time. They're so worried. I have a friend who is an ex-convict, who is a, a gangster, who is a drug dealer. All these things said, why do you want to be my friend? I said, because you love God, I love God, and because I love God and you love God, you are my family, my brother, I love you. I don't care what people say. Brothers and sisters, don't allow people to tell you about what happened to you or your past. Just like Zacharias and Elizabeth doesn't matter. Don't you ever give up. The second thing is, believe God for the impossible. Believe Believe me. I was called into ministry and preached the gospel. That was impossible. Okay? And if God can use me, he definitely can use you. Believe God for the impossible. Look at what says Luke 1.37. For with God nothing will be possible. Don't allow people to tell you it can't happen. Don't allow because of, oh, you know what? You don't come from a family. You know what? I have three older brothers, and two of my older brothers are pastors as well. And I was at both of their ordinations, both of them. And when I was attending their ordination, I was ordained before all of them. And I preached at one of my, my eldest brother's ordination. Look. And my family did not have a Christian heritage. We were born and raised into Buddhism. And we didn't even know anyone in our family tree that were even Christian. So don't tell me that God doesn't do impossible things. 
Because when you hit God, when you accept God, your generation will change. I had, I had placed this onto my social media, and one of our uh, Bishop Holly's uh, over uh, his wife, Dr. Gala, had said something. She said, congratulations, uh, Pastor, and, and, you know, great thing for your family. And I said, thank you. My family didn't start out with Christian heritage, but we're sure going to leave one for generations to come. Brothers and sisters, get, believe God for the impossible. Don't you stop believing God. Don't you give up on your family. Don't you give up on your friend. It took me 25 plus years to see my friend come to the Lord. He's a baby Christian. But I had lunch with him. And what I realized is I got a brother now. He's not perfect. But now we share the same father in heaven. Third thing, we must birth and raise up another generation. Stop looking. You know what? It's amazing that God, even in the old age of uh, uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, all the older people, hey, don't give up. Start raising up. If God is willing to give, it is, uh, if Elizabeth and Zacharias represents the church, Elizabeth represents the church. That means no matter, the church is old. You understand? As a whole, the church is very old, 2,000 plus years old. And guess what? Don't allow age to stop them. Oh, I'm tired of church. Oh, I'm tired. No, come on in and start raising up new people. Invite. We've got to invite people to the church. We've got to make it fun. We've got to tell them it's not about religion, but it's about relationship. Because when you have relationship, you have life. When you have religion, it brings you death. You, you and I have got to go out and raise up and bring the people. I'm not telling them just to bring them to this church, but bring them into God's church. You know, there's some people that you've given a lot of time to. Maybe it's time to let them go and concentrate on someone else. You know, it's, I'll give you a great example. We have little babies here, right? Little kids. I'm sure that if they're, they're screaming, the first thing you do is you go to that little baby first before you go through the 15-year-old. You see? Why? It's because it's the little ones that need more attention than the older ones. And as a mature Christian, we are so concentrating on older, but we need to concentrate on the immature. We've got to find people that we can raise up in the Lord that are young, inexperienced. They don't know how to live life. You know, some of you that have been married a long time, these start speaking. You know what? Call those young couples up and say, hey, can we take you and your wife to dinner? And let's talk. Call those younger, call those single people up and uh, young couples, call them up and spend time with them. Tell them it doesn't matter. Start talking and speaking into life. If God could give Elizabeth and Zacharias a baby in their old age, that represents that you're not dead to the things of God until you're dead. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm preaching myself. It's okay. I loved spending time with people. And God says, you know what? You know what the, the word, you know what Elizabeth's name means? It means God is an oath keeper. He keeps his oath, keeps his word. Isn't that interesting? That her name means God keeps his word. And you know what? Zachariah's name means God hears. And John's name means God is a gracious giver. 
And you know what? The, the other thing is, listen, brothers and sisters, is don't allow people to tell you what God has given you. There were so many people came to Elizabeth and, and Zacharias and say, hey, nobody's named John in, the, in your family. Why you got to name him John? You know, name him Thomas or something. Aaron. He goes, no, this is his name. When God has given you a vision, pray and keep it. I can't believe to do the things that I've done. The last thing I want to leave you with is be persistent. Nothing gets done without persistence. Nothing gets done without you going after it. You know, nothing gets done just because you pay your tithes. People all the time say, well, I give my tithes, Bazaar, but you got to work too, bro. <laughs> you know, it's not, yes, that's part of your reasonable service, but you got to get up. You got to work. You got to do things. You got to strive. You got to fight. As a man, you got to be persistent and go after the things. Do all, I always tell people, say, well, what can I do? Do all that you can do and let God do what you can't do. And oftentimes, we want to do the opposite. We said, God, do everything that I can do. No. God's not going to spoon feed you the word of God. God, we have so, you know what? Thank God for this day and age that we live in. We have smartphones. We have smart pads, tablets. We have the internet. I mean, we, everything, you can, you, can tra- you can see the world in the palm of your hand. You can. You can see the world in the palm. You can call people from the other side of the world in your hand. Think about it. We can't even live out. We cannot live our life today without this thing. Isn't that crazy? Try it. One day we're like, you know, we we act like we 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 act like we lost our first child. It's funny. Even I catch myself and my wife. We're getting ready to go, and the first thing is like, you find my phone. We're not worried if the kids got in the car. It's like, where's my phone? Oh, oh, hey, y- y- y'all in? <laughs> Worried about the phone. Last thing is be persistent. Don't give up. Be faithful. Do excellence. It's not too late. It's not too late for you to start. It's not too late for you to give all you can give. It's not too late for you to start praying. It's not too late for you to be committed to the church. It's not too late. And if you are the church and we are the church, we've got to, we have to be able to birth up new people and raise up new generation. Ask the Lord to give you some soul to work on. Ask the Lord to renew the prayer. How many people are we going out and, and uh, actively praying for them, actively uh, seeking them, actively saying, you know what? You still have a chance. Are you reaching the laws? Are we reaching those that have yet to hear Christ? You know, just like the story of my friend. I used to, we used to hang out a lot, do a lot of things together, play golf, play volleyball, do some crazy things together. You know what? It's never too late. And I can imagine a guy in his late 40s today is living for God. Because somewhere along the line, one of his friends shared with him the gospel. And I was glad it was me. Now, I might have not walked him all the way through to the moment that he gave his life. But I definitely gave him the light somewhere along the line. Brothers and sisters, it's not too late. It's not too late. 
Don't worry about time. Don't worry about who's here. But worry about what can you do. Don't you give up. Believe in God for the impossible. What are you believing God for the impossible today? And I pray that don't allow that belief because the Bible says that hope deferred make the heart sick. Put it in the hand of God. Sometimes we hope so much, but what we need to do is hope in God. See, I love this story of Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth. You know why? Is even when they carry the shame that they came from a good lineage, a good home. They came from a good home, don't you think? The home of priests. <clears throat> Not only that, he, he worked for the Lord. What is the greater honor than to be able to put incense in front of the tabernacle, inside the holy place, and to give that? What an honor it is to be in the house of God. And what I love about this story is even though they had some shame to deal with because when a woman was married and she couldn't have children, it was looked upon down. But you know what? The Bible says they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord. They were blameless. It's too easy for us to say, you know, Lord, I didn't get what I needed. You didn't answer my prayer. But God is not telling you he doesn't love you. He was just saying, you know, if you trust me, my time is always perfect. It's funny because I, you know, growing up in a family as large as mine, we have family issues, you know, familiar. We, we have family things like every big family. And what's amazing to me is I was driving home with my brother-in-law, my sister. We're talking about it. It's my brother. And what we realize is God takes us through life's journey to prepare us to fall at the foot of the cross. And maybe you're watching me via the internet. You're here. I don't know what you're dealing with. Divorce doesn't end your dream. Divorce doesn't end your purpose in God. And what I realized is my brother had brokenness in his life as well. And God, he still had a call of God to say, you know what? I don't know what God's going to do, but at least I'm going to go prepare myself the best I can. He's not perfect, definitely. I told you, he's like the prodigal. I love my brother there's times where we had disagreements but you know what life takes us in journeys to get us to the place where God can say you know what get you at the foot of the cross maybe you're watching me I don't know how come I wasn't prepared to preach like this but I was prepared and in this mother's day the church is the mother wherever you are watching us maybe you, you said you know what I gave up on church but that's like saying you gave up on the bride of Christ you gave up on the mother because as a church we're supposed to love you as the church we're supposed to help you but as the church we're not perfect but either are you but brothers and sisters, I want to tell you at this moment, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter how long it's been and you haven't seen your promise, 
But what I can tell you is this, God is a promise keeper. And just like the name Elizabeth means God keeps his oath or his promise to you, maybe through life's journey, he'll get you to the foot of the cross. And at the foot of the cross, we're all equal in his eyes. Let us stand. Heavenly Father, we pray this afternoon as we celebrate Mother's Day. Lord, you gave us the greatest thing. You gave us moms. And God, moms endure. Moms never give up on their children. Moms never give up and they're persistent. Heavenly Father, let the church, the church is like the mother. The church is your bride, Lord, that gives birth. Let us never give up on people. Let us be persistent. Let us believe for the impossible. For with you, nothing is impossible. And let us be able to bear fruit. We open the altars for those that are watching us, wherever you are. Maybe you're sitting in front of your laptop, your computer, your phone. Bow right here and put yourself at the foot of the cross. Say, Lord Jesus, help me to never give up. Lord, that even though my life seems barren, but God, in your due time, I'm going to bear fruit. Wherever you are this afternoon, just pray that simple prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I give you my heart. Renew me again like you, oh God. Those that are here, you are welcome to come at the altar for a few moments. God bless you. We'll see you next week. And as we close this, as Pastor Jeremiah sings a couple songs, we'll come back and close service. Thank you.